All right, so let's go to the Lord in prayer this time, and we're going to jump into the Word of God this afternoon. Father, we want to thank you so much for what you have done already. God, you are working in the hearts. You are working on the minds. Um, you are doing a work. Father, we thank you for what you are doing, and we thank you for what you are going to do. I truly believe that we will, we will not see all the results from this weekend, all of the hard work from the students, from the faculty, from the youth leaders. We're not going to see all of this work today. Um, some of this is going to be seen maybe weeks or months later. And so we are thankful that we get to partner together to plant, to water. But ultimately, Father, you get the increase. So I pray your Holy Spirit on my lips, my thoughts today, and I pray your, your will be done in allowing the message and the point of the message to get across. And again, to God be the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. We got a good little bit of time. I know you guys got to get on the road, so trust me, I, I keep that in the back of my mind. So I need, real quickly, I need uh, Brother Raph to come up here, please. Um, Dr. Lucan, if you could come up here, please. I need one, two, three. And let's go four, five, six. You three guys, come up here real quickly, please. Get them a round of applause as they come. All right. Uh, yeah, you three, you three. Yeah. That's the, the red team. Red team, all right? You guys come this way. You guys come this way. Dr. Luke can come this way. Raph, you go that way. All right? And you guys stand this way, stand this way, stand this way. And Dr. Lucan, like you, you stand this way. All right? We're, gonna, we're going to see what happens as we read. All right? So Dr. Lucan, you can come this way, right there. All right, take your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And we are going to do what we're going to read. All right? 2 Kings chapter 6. When you have it, say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Here we go. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 1 says, And the sons of the prophets, say the sons of the prophets. Sons of the prophets. Okay, you six and me, for this illustration, and myself, we're the sons of the prophets. So what are our, what's our name? Sons, sons of, of the prophets. prophets. When it says sons of the prophets, it doesn't mean that we're actually the biological sons. It means that we are students to a prophet. Who's the prophet? Keep reading. Verse 1. And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha. Say Elisha. Dr. Lucan is Elijah. He is the teacher. He is the prophet. And we are the? Sons of the prophets. And this is? Elijah. Okay. So there seems to have been some sort of school. Maybe back then it was called ambassador. <laughs> All right? And, but there was a school where young men trained under the prophet Elisha. Everybody with me? All right, so here's what we got. So here we go. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. The word straight means narrow. Okay, it means narrow. So here's what was happening. There were more students than they had space. 
So they said, the students said, hey, let's come up with an idea. Let's come up with an idea, guys. Let's, let's put our heads together. We need a bigger space so we could have more room in our class. Everybody wants that? You guys want that? Good, good. These guys are not like Eli. All right. <laughs> For those who weren't here, I'll just watch the video. Watch the video. And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Here's what they say, verse 2. Let us go, sons of the prophets, we pray thee unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, a big piece of wood. All right? So back then, they didn't have the stone bricks. They didn't have the metal and all those things. They didn't have the the sheet rock and all that stuff. So they had wood. So in order to get the wood, they would have had to chop the wood down. So they were saying, let's each one of us get a beam, a big piece of wood, and then we could take that beam and build a bigger classroom, a bigger school. Everybody with me? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. So verse 2, let us go, we pray thee unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. So, Dr. Elijah, you could tell the men, go ye. Go ye. Okay, don't go yet, don't go yet. <laughs> and one said, I'll, I'll, I'll be that one. And one said to the man of God, sorry, sorry I skipped my, skipped my place, sorry. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will. So let's do it again. You tell, tell them to go. Go ye. And I say, I'm one of the, I'm one of the guys. I say, wait, Dr. Elijah. Can you come with us? And he says. Yes. Okay. So before we go, now this part is not in, in the Bible at this point, but you will see where this had to have happened. I am a son of the prophet. We're going to chop down trees so I'm going to need an axe. I'm a son of a prophet. I'm a student. I study the Bible. I don't carry axes around. So I have to go. The axe is right there behind the door. Axe is right there. Right there. Good. Okay. I have to go now. And I have to ask this man. Let's call him Zachariah. <laughs> so I come to Zachariah because we're ready, everybody's ready to go. Maybe, maybe these other men, we don't know this for sure, just maybe, maybe these other, my other fellow students have already borrowed an axe from someone else. Now it's my turn to borrow an axe, and I say, Mr. Zahibu, <laughs> could I please... Borrow your axe, and he says, yes. Yes. And I, thank you. Thank you. Your axe, I will bring this back. You better. Okay. Okay. What do you mean? (laughs) So we go, and we go to the River Jordan. Now, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. So, verse 4, so he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. I want you all to pretend like you all have an axe. Spread out a little bit and just start like chopping. Okay. They're chopping. Okay, the guy, the guy in the green jacket has really, he's, his axe is stuck. His axe is stuck. Okay. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. 
It's just like a, a group of Eli's right now, a group of Eli's. So I, okay, pause, 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 pause. We have so much time. Pause. Thank you, guys. You're doing great. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. All right. So everyone is cutting down trees, or at least trying to. So I am now ready, and I am chopping down a tree. Chopping down a tree. And out of the blue, you hear this sound. No! No! Let's read. Verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So everyone is chopping, don't do it, just stare at it. <laughs> everyone is chopping down wood. We're getting this wood because we need a bigger school for Dr. Elisha. We're all prophets, so we probably have scrolls, but we don't have axes. I don't know about the rest of these guys, but I know I had to borrow an axe. And while I was chopping down this tree, the axe head came off the wood and went into the River Jordan. And of course, you know this, would sink to the bottom. And when that happens, I cry out. I cry out and I say, no! And everyone turns around and they're like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I say, the axe head, it flew into the water. And they say something to the effect of, we'll just get another axe. And I say, but I only had one. And they say, what's the big deal? This wasn't my axe. It was borrowed. It isn't mine. It belongs to somebody else. And I just messed it up and I just threw away the head and it's somewhere in the water and I can't find it. How am I ever going to explain to the person I borrowed it from that I lost his axe head, his axe is no more good. This is the problem. The problem is that this isn't my axe. It's borrowed. Verse 5. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Dr. Elisha, where fell it? And he showed him the place and cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. What? Therefore he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. So let's recap what happened. We got together and said we need to build a bigger classroom, a bigger school, because we got a great man of God who is our teacher. We all said, let's go. Dr. Elijah says, go ahead. And we say, can you come with us? And come on, let's go. While everyone was chopping down trees to, make the, to get the wood to make the building, 
My borrowed axe head falls into the water. And I think it's gone for good. And I cry. And I said, it was borrowed. It's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. And I turn to the man of God and I say, can you help me please? And he, he goes and he performs a miracle and revives or brings back the axe head out of the water. And something miraculous happened where iron swam on top of the water. And that's what happened in 2 Kings. Thank you, man. You may be seated. Now let's apply 2 Kings 6 to our lives. Here is, that was the interpretation. Here is how we can apply. Here is the application. Number one, there was a purpose for the axe. Someone help me. What was the purpose of the axe with these guys? Just say it. Chop down trees. To be very honest with you, to be very honest with you, it only had one purpose. This doesn't have two or three purposes. It had one singular purpose, to chop down trees. Do you know what your purpose is as a believer? To let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You say, well, my purpose is to be a pastor. You say, my purpose is to be a doctor. My purpose is to be a Sunday school teacher. My purpose is to be this. Listen, all those things are great, but understand this. If you get the main point, if you keep the main thing, the main thing, we're, we're okay. Whether you're a doctor, a pastor, a lawyer, a politician, whatever you are, your number one goal is to bring glory to God in your life. People are supposed to look at you and say this, I want the God that they have. You ever see someone with a fancy car? I'm not a big cars guy. I really, I'm, I'm really not. But, you know, someone with a fancy car, a Tesla or a Maserati or something like that, you kind of look and you're like, wow, look at that nice car. I wish I had that kind of car. People should look at you and say, I wish I had that kind of God. Let me ask you something, teenager. Do you really think those teens struggling with sexual identity, those teens struggling with alcohol and drugs, do you really think they're happy? They want what you have. And you're taking it for granted. And guess what? That's the sole purpose of us getting saved, is for us to give God glory. The axe had one purpose. You have one purpose. To bring God glory. Let me tell you next, the importance of the axe. One of the problems with this situation that I had with my, with, with my axe head, I didn't have a backup axe. I didn't have two axes. I had one. So if I messed up this axe, that's it. You know what, you know what young person? You only got one life. One axe, one life. There's no redo. A lot of times, you see teenagers play video games, and when you mess up or the person dies, you get to restart the game. Doesn't happen in real life. 
I got news for you. I got news for you. Not only do you only have one life, you only have one chance to be young. I can guarantee you it here right now. Some of these youth leaders will tell you, we wake up in the morning. You know, you're getting old. You wake up in the morning with pains you didn't have the day before, and you didn't do anything strange. <laughs> you didn't exercise. You didn't play basketball. You just had a normal day to work. You wake up and like, why is my arm hurting? We're getting older. You have the opportunity in your age bracket to do things that you won't be able to do when you get our age. You only got one axe. You only got one life. You only got one chance to be young. That was the importance of this. That's why I believe Paul said, for me to live is Christ. That's his life. Paul, summarize your life in one sentence. All that you went through, all the punishment and all the beatings and everything you got. Paul, summarize your life in one sentence. For me to live my life is Christ. You only got one axe, you only got one life. That's the importance of the axe. The ownership of the axe. This wasn't my axe. This axe belonged to somebody else. And the person who owned the axe had to find the money to buy his axe. So he paid for this axe. This axe belonged to him. Young person, do you realize this? Bible says, ye were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. If you're saved, if you're saved, if you're not saved, you are still a slave to sin. But the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 and 20, says 18 to 20, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own soul. What? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? The minute you got saved, you relinquished or you gave up your right to ownership over your life. This is no longer, once you got saved, you no longer owned your life. You said, hold on. Well, when did that happen? When you accepted the fact that Jesus gave up his life so that you could have life. He did not pay for you. By the way, remember now, when, when you want to buy something that's valuable, it lets you know how valuable it is by the price tag. The price tag on something lets you know how valuable it is. You can't go into a fancy, a fancy store to buy a diamond ring and expect to pay $5 for it. No, the price tag is going to be a couple thousand dollars because what it's saying is this. If you want this, you're going to have to give up this. You want to know how valuable you are as a seventh grade kid who nobody eats lunch with? Jesus Christ considered you so valuable that he gave his life for you. That's how valuable you are. If you want to believe that you are valuable because of how many followers you have, that means absolutely nothing. The minute you post something that they don't like, they will cancel you. But Jesus Christ says, you are so valuable, I will give my life for yours. 
the ownership of the axe. And I had to come over here and I had to borrow the axe. This ain't my axe. This is his axe. I'm just borrowing it. Young people, it's not your life. You're just borrowing it. You say, well, well, I want to do my own thing. There's no more do my own thing. Well, these are my clothes. There's no more your clothes. Well, this is my music. There's no more this is my music. Everything you have belongs to God. Could you imagine this? I use this a little silly illustration. Who wants, who want, wishes they, they, if you had all the money, you know which kind of car you would buy. If you, if you had all the money. Okay, right here in the blue shirt. Lamborghini. Lamborghini, all right, Lamborghini, all right. Let's say he buys, let's say he goes, what's your name? Seth. Seth goes, how old are you, Seth? 17. 17, all right. Seth is 17 years old, so he goes out and he buys a Lamborghini. How much is a Lamborghini? Anyone knows? 50,000? Sorry? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not 50,000, 250,000. All right, so Seth goes. Seth has all kind of money. He's living rich. Girls, talk to him afterwards. <laughs> Seth goes and he buys a $250,000 Lamborghini. He pays the money, shakes the hand of the dealer, takes the car off the lot very cautiously, does the little spin tire thing, leaves the donuts on the ground. He, he may even, because we're in North Carolina, this is the first place I heard about this, he may even go mudding. Never knew what that is. Some of you who are not from North Carolina have no idea. I had no idea what that was. I was here in North Carolina, in Hillsboro, North Carolina, and the guy was with a friend of mine. He says, you want to go mudding? <laughs> like, mudding? Is that, is that like a, a meal? What is that? <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what mudding is, mudding is when you get in the truck, you find some mud, and you drive in it. <laughs> you say, what's the purpose? To go mudding. <laughs> so Seth goes, Seth pays $250,000 for a Lamborghini, pulls it out, goes mudding, cleans it off, parks it in his house, in his garage, goes to sleep. The next day he wakes up and, you know, you just bought a $250,000 car. So he opens his curtains, he's kind of yawning, and he looks downstairs and the door of the Lamborghini is open. Seth says, what in the world is this? So that Seth goes and he washes his face because he's got all the boo-boo in his eyes. <laughs> runs downstairs, runs downstairs, and the person in the car is the dealer. He said, I know you from yesterday. He said, yeah, I'm the dealer from yesterday. He said, well, what are you doing in my Lamborghini? And the dealer said, oh, <laughs> I always forget. I always forget. I am so sorry. The dealer says, I'm so sorry, Seth. We have a policy at our dealership. When you paid $250,000, you bought the car, but the stereo system is ours. So every now and again, you will see me come into your car to use your stereo. 
You say, preacher, that makes absolutely, positively no sense. If you pay $250,000 for something, that's yours. <laughs> when Jesus died on the cross, he paid to purchase you. And that means you and I don't have the right to say, God, I know you purchased me when you saved me, but these friends are the ones that I'm going to come to like a radio in a car. Some of you want to do your own thing, but you seem to not understand this fact. It's not your life. It's borrowed. You are on borrowed time. Could you imagine, think about this thought for a second. Could you imagine if God was to bill us for all that he's given to us? And you say, you know what? I want my life back. Yeah, I got saved and Jesus bought me with his blood, but I want my life back, okay? Jesus is going to write you a, a receipt for all the air you've ever breathed. All the grace you've ever gotten. All the forgiveness you've ever received. All of the security protection, he protected you. Do you realize that Jesus protects you from things that you don't even know he's protecting you from? So if you want your life back, well, you better expect a huge bill. You better expect a huge invoice because he has given so much to say and to, to make sure that you understand that you now and I now, we no longer are ourselves. We no longer own ourselves. We are a borrowed axe. That's all. Whether you're a pastor, a youth pastor, a youth leader, an evangelist, a, a plumber, a, a, a teacher, whatever you are, you say, what am I? You're a borrowed axe. You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You cannot save yourself. You couldn't do it. Someone had to save you. Someone had to purchase you from the, from the clenches of sin. Jesus Christ did that with his blood. So I now, I am no longer my own. I have given up my rights. I have given up my will. I am a borrowed axe. And if you are saved, so are you. And the sooner you understand that, the better your life will be. So imagine now when I'm chopping this and this part flies off. That's why it's so bad. You know what that means? You know that, that, that the application of that is? When you waste your life. There are teenagers with so much talent, so much singing ability, and they waste it. And you only got one chance at this life. Some of you are so... Uh, um, hospitable and, and, and friendly, you could have your whole school in church if you wanted to, but you're wasting your life following people instead of following Christ. You're wasting your life. Once this beam, once this, once this axe head, sorry, was in the water, he couldn't chop down any trees. God wants to do some things with you, but he can't do nothing with you if you think that you belong to yourself. You're so full of yourself, God can't fit in that equation. Today, I'm going to ask you this, folks. Today, would you stop trying to be a self-made man? Today, would you stop trying to have a self-made woman, trying to have your will, your way, your plan, your desires, your friends, your music, your dress, your everything? 
what today you say, I'm just a borrowed ox. I belong to Jesus. And he owns every aspect of my life. And yes, I want to study a particular subject, but if he wants me to go to Bible college, I'll go because I belong to someone else. I belong to Jesus. Young person, I pray that the next time, every time you see an ox, you see yourself. as a borrowed ox belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you today, maybe today, you're out there and you're saying, Preacher, I have some things in my life that I put in my life. They're things that I want. But today, I want to say the same thing C.T. Studd said. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And, and this invitation is to say simply this. I'm surrendering myself to be a borrowed ox of Jesus Christ. 